Welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features folks from all walks of life telling us one story from their childhood and how that event impacted who they are today. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that impacted who I am today. But I'd like to think that everything that happened to me has helped make me a better person. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books including Susan Salador's classic, One Little Act of Kindness, available on Amazon.com and wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will thank you for it. That's LaughSaver.com. And by the way, LaughSaver.com will be available as an app come May 2022. All right. Well, today I have as my guest, Travis Corey. Travis is a friend of my daughter's and also a friend of mine. He's also a ceramic teacher and student at the Lill Street Art Street Center. He creates small batch functional ceramics for Lucky Duck Pottery. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thanks for having me, Jay. Excited. Fantastic. Travis, are you ready to tell your story? I am. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to get out of the way. And at the end, I'm going to come back and ask you really just one question. How do you think that story of that event impacted who you are today? But take it away, Travis. All right. Uh, the story takes place the summer I was going into high school. I was 14. It also involves my sister, who is 10 years old at the time. And a little bit of background on our relationship is that we basically raised each other. We were the children of a, a single mom who, who worked really hard and also worked the night shift as a bartender, which meant she slept a lot during the day. So we kind of seldom saw her. So growing up, my sister and I were essentially these feral children running around, these kind of outdoor cats with no rules or discipline. And we did what we wanted when we wanted and we kind of had no structure and our living situation changed very often we would move just about every year into a new apartment in our town we were either usually evicted from the previous lease or my mom had a new boyfriend and we would move in with him so change was essentially the only thing that was constant and that meant my sister and i would hang out together a lot we would play together we would cook for each other i'd help her with her homework we were generally very supportive of one another. And then when I was 14, we moved in with my mom's new boyfriend. And this was the first house we had ever lived in. Uh, it had this huge yard and uh, it had an upstairs and this big unfinished basement. So to us, it was a mansion, essentially. And every house in the neighborhood was pretty much the same. It's just really big houses, big yards, big families. But my sister and I did not get along with my mom's boyfriend. He was incredibly strict and loud and just a generally scary looking dude. He was well over six foot, bald, had this big bushy red beard and a beer gut. 
he looked like a member of like a, a biker gang and he may have very well been in the past. He used to ride motorcycles and then he got into an accident and like half of the bones in his arm had to be replaced with metal. He was like, uh, he was like a terminator. And, um, what I really remember about him were, uh, his, his calves, which was oddly specific, but he had like these monster sized calf muscles that would just kind of, uh, pulse when he wasn't even doing anything. And it was, it terrified me as a kid. And, and I had a history with him before I moved into his house. He was my fourth grade football coach. And I remember in a fourth grade football practice, I dislocated my pinky finger when I got tackled and I, I ran up to him and I was in tears and I was crying. And I told him that, I, you know, I broke my finger and it looked broken to me. And he's like, come on, it's just out of place. So he took my hand and he popped my finger back into place and he kind of sent me back on the field. And I don't think he did it right because that, that pinky is not like my other one still. But anyway, uh, that's, that's like the kind of guy he was. Uh, no excuses, kind of quit crying, just get it done mentality and attitude. So we move into this new house and my sister and I have to really start pulling our own weight. We have to do chores and yard work, which is all very new to us. He'd wake us up very early on the weekends and I would mow the yard and pull vines and weeds out of the lawn. And my sister would have to clean up around the house. And uh, yeah, we were not used to this kind of structure and we hated it. We hated being told what to do. We hated having to ask permission to do things. It simply wasn't the way we were raised. And my mom's boyfriend, he owned this construction business. He was a contractor and he would do these small odd jobs for folks in the area. And one day on a weekend morning in the summer, he woke me and my sister up and there was this ream of paper on the kitchen table. And it was, it was a stack of flyers that said A to Z custom carpentry and it had his phone number on it. And he told my sister and I that he wanted us to walk around the neighborhood and put these flyers on every house. And we shouldn't come back home until all these flyers were passed out. And it was like 500 flyers. And I don't even think there were 500 homes in this neighborhood. The homes in the neighborhood were, it was a suburban neighborhood. So everything's very spaced out, very far away. It would have taken us all day. We would have walked 15 miles probably. So, and it's a weekend day in the summer. So we weren't happy about that, but this uh, was not a guy that you talk back to. So my sister and I walked around the neighborhood and we started handing out these flyers and we put them in people's screen doors and in their mailboxes and on their uh, windshields of cars. And we did that for all about 15 minutes. And then the whole time my sister's, she's crying. She doesn't want to do this. Obviously she's 10 years old. And so I'm like, okay, come on, follow me. And I, I walk her a couple blocks away from the house and I do the most environmentally conscious thing I could do, which is stuff a huge stack of flyers into a storm drain. And then she, she saw me do that and she looked at me and she smiled and then she did the same thing. And it was literally in that moment, like a weight had been lifted off of us. We knew we couldn't go home right away because there's no way we'd been able to pass all those flyers out. So we just walked around the neighborhood together for a couple of hours and um, talked and like explored. And it was, it was just like a great summer day. And I remember feeling very happy in that moment. And it felt like we 
kind of took back some of our, our agency, like a thing that we didn't really feel like we had in this new house. And we told each other, we would never tell anyone what we did. And now it's nearly 20 years later and I'm spilling the beans about it. So to my sister, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I had to get it off my chest. Yeah, that's my story. I love it, man. I'm glad I was afraid that the guy was going to find out about it, that somehow that storm drain was going to get mucked up and then they <laughs> call up the A to Z and say, we found 500 of your flyers. Yeah, right. Oh, so glad yeah. you got away yeah. with it. I'm so we did. glad. Oh, is that guy still in your life in terms of your mother's life? No, no. Uh, that, that was probably a couple years for us, which was one of the longer ones uh, relationship wise. But yeah, no longer in the picture. Yeah. I just don't want him coming after you. Yeah, right. Yeah, he'll hear this and wonder why his business failed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I love the story in the sense that you were also the big brother taking care of the, the problem. You know, your poor sister didn't need, me, didn't need to walk around, <laughs> pass it out papers either. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, Trent, mm -hmm. how do you think that particular story has impacted who you are today? How do you think that relates to who you are today? Yeah, I think, I don't know if this event particularly impacted it, but I think it's maybe solidified a lot of things in terms of my, my personality. And like, I, I still really don't like being told what to do or, or asking permission to do things either. I like autonomy and uh, agency in my own life, but in a way, I think it also, those like brief couple of years did introduce some like structure and rigidity to life that was probably desperately needed as uh, someone going into into high school so it was almost like a little kind of life boot camp in a way but it was also nice to feel like oh my sister and i can still maintain our relationship and yeah i think it's come across in a few a few different ways but it's still there yeah so if your mother hears this story is she going to be mad at you or is she going to be cool with it I can't remember if we told her or not. I think at this point she would be all right with it. But yeah, and not a surprise either. This is probably behavior she would have assumed from my sister and I. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I like the story. I like the um, courage to a certain extent that it took because you got this football coach of a mm -hmm. guy <laughs> telling you what to do and you have to sort of do it underhandedly, I suppose. Yeah. I'm wondering down the road if by chance you ever mm. have you ever have children and you have a business and you know the kid's 14 years old are you going to send him out to to uh pass out flyers or are you going to assume that he'd probably throw it in a drain? Oh, I'm going to I guess it won't be flyers then. I'll have him on his social media account uh, right. promoting my business. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I would ever I would be a pretty hands-off guy but i i would like to think that my kid would throw the flyers down the sewer as well i would only assume right you'd be proud of him if he didn't be ashamed <laughs> of him if he didn't yeah a little disappointed if he didn't <laughs> <So> yeah <funny. laughs> right well, thank you for the story travis i appreciate it it is one of those little slices of life that i think people can identify with you know i mean most most of yeah. us identify with to some extent Either the moment that you that somebody did do something to say, no, I'm not doing this, or remembering the times when they were forced to do things and they went through with it, but still carry the resentment of having to do it. That's right. Way. It goes both ways, but uh, yeah. Ugh.
sorry for that little guy and that that fourteen year old guy and that ten year old girl. We, we turned out all right. Turned yeah. out okay. Your sister's okay. <laughs> all good. Yeah. Okay. All good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Travis. Thank yeah. Thanks, Jay. Sure. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank Travis Corey for that slice of life that I can certainly identify with. A little resistance, I guess that's it. He's a resistor. And so thank you for that story, Travis. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, and LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you. It's free now and forever. So I'm going to end this show, as I often do, with Susan Salador's classic, I've Got Peace in My Fingers. So until next time, this is Jay Riak asking you all to please stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. I've got peace, peace, peace in my fingers. Watch what I can do. I've got peace, peace, peace in my fingers. I'm going to shake hands with you. I've got peace, peace. Peace in my fingers, watch what I can do. I've got peace, peace, peace in my fingers. I'm gonna shake hands with you. I've got words, words, words in my head. Watch what I can do. I've got words, words, words in my head. I'm gonna talk things over with you. I've got words, words, words in my head. Watch what I can do. I've got words, words, words in my head. I'm gonna talk things over with you. I've got love, love, love in my heart. Watch what I can do. I've got love, love, love in my heart. I'm gonna give some to you. I've got love, love, love in my heart. Watch what I can do. I've got love, love, love in my heart. I'm gonna give some to you. I've got peace, peace, peace in my fingers. Words, words, words in my head. I got love, love, love in my heart. I'm gonna give.